0: Hello and welcome back to the In Our Network podcast where I chat with women that are leading the charge in their industry and have inspiring conversations that uncover how each guest has navigated their career. In today's episode, I'm joined by Allie Egan, founder and CEO of Veracity Self-Care. Veracity was created to help you figure out what your skin is saying without having to rely on skin types or quizzes to determine your skincare routine. Veracity focuses on an at-home hormone test to gather data about the state of your skin and offer products optimized for you. Before founding Veracity, Ali was the CEO of fashion brand, Cynthia Rowley, and she also led the product, e-commerce and digital marketing teams at Estee Lauder's top brands. Ali and I talk about her experience and challenges with skincare, how hormone testing works and what it identifies and the ingredients and environmental factors that affect our overall skin health. As always, you'll find all of the links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely the highlight of my Friday and my entire week. So I'm really excited to just jump into all things Veracity, as well as your personal background. Me
1: too. It makes the Friday afternoon much more interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, I always love to ask what you're most looking forward to this week before we get started. I guess oh, we goodness. can. <laughs> um,
1: yeah weekend um well i'm uh, i'm still sort of a new mom um my son is 15 months old oh gosh, um so congrats. weekends weekends are both amazing because you like get to spend more time with them but then also incredibly stressful because you're like oh well i have to take care of another human then there's less <laughs> relaxing involved um but um but i'm excited because now we've got like uh he's he's walking and we're going to do some like, you know, kind of holiday stuff yeah. and um, you know, finish getting our decorations up and all that kind of good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, no that's so exciting cuz I I heard the tree went up already at Rockefeller Center. So are you guys going to do any of that stuff this weekend?
1: Uh maybe. We we're like, you know, old school New Yorkers where you don't actually do any of the New York <laughs> things. You like avoid yeah. <laughs> like the plague, but, <laughs> but uh true. but We'll either do that or like something in Central Park, which will be the more local version.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I miss New York. So I'll be living vicariously through you. But (laughs) just going through your personal and career background. So have you always been living in New York? And how did your career kind of come about as you know, you were In undergrad, and then graduating, what did your career journey look like?
1: Yeah, um, so my career journey has taken a bit of um, a lot of different turns over time, in in good ways, but somewhat unexpected um, ways. I've kind of been in the worlds of um, beauty and and wellness, and you know, um, for for my career, and for the most part, minus the very beginning, um, just in different um, different roles. So I started my career actually on the finance side, um doing investment banking. And that was not as much. I was working with like insurance companies and some healthcare companies and same things of that sort. But I got um very lucky because after that I went um I went onto the investing side in private equity, um, but was able to focus on consumer retail. So I worked at a firm called Elkatterton and and, you know, got to invest in beauty companies, restaurants, um, apparel, consumer health. So um, that's where I really fell in love with um, brands and and building brands um, in new categories. And uh, that's where I sort of saw my future as being not on the investor advisor side, but really being on the like maker side of things. So at that point, I decided I needed to make a change, went to business school, and then started almost, you know, fresh and, uh, worked at, um, went to SA Lauder our business school and worked at three of their, uh, big brands, Clinique Origins and La Mer doing, uh, basically marketing in different ways, digital marketing, product marketing. And it was uh, lovely and I earned so much, but I've always personally been excited about the Like really, like putting my name to something and making and doing something new and different and cool, and that's just a little harder to do at a very very big company. Um, So I then got the opportunity to um, join the fashion brand Cynthia Rowley as uh, CEO and help them, you know, transform their brand from what had been like a wholesale licensing kind of model into like a modern direct consumer business and and uh really take their even transitioning from what was like more of like fun whimsical to like you know really a more powerful refined aesthetic and so um yeah that's kind of where I'd been um in different ways I'm sorry for the siren oh, right. um,
0: <laughs> the sound of in, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah exactly um yeah prior to prior to veracity
0: yeah that's awesome. Cause I, most recent, in most recent years, like I've started kind of knowing more about just like even Cynthia Rowley, cause I I've heard about it in the past, but when I was in New York this past September, like I saw that they were having their um, fashion show, I think it was in, in Fideye. And I just remember like looking at their Instagram and being like, wow, like the company has really evolved from what I had known it to be before. Um, so that's a really cool opportunity on your end. And I'm really excited to, you know, talk about just how your experience was, you know, in your previous roles as well, Cynthia Rowley. But you mentioned that you started in finance and after business school, you transitioned into more so like digital marketing. What was that transition like for you going from finance to running like marketing and digital marketing for beauty companies?
1: Yeah, I think uh, at first a little humbling because you are coming from this job where, you know, it's very high profile. You're meeting with like CEOs of big companies and you get to be in the room of all these like big, like quote unquote, important conversations. (laughs) And then you're kind of like put back into like, you know, much more functional job. That's like so important and like the skills you need to like really learn to like, be a a good general manager of a business. Um, And so there's like a bit of a reality check in that way. And also, I think anyone like, trying to work in like a field that they personally feel passionate about, there's always like, the conundrum between like, um, like, it's so cool to work in fashion, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, you actually have to do like, some of the mundane work. But um, what I loved is really being able to like, be in a role in a place where I felt like I could like use my left brain and my right brain together, like hold, like every single day, almost every single task. Cause you know, in finance where I've been very like left brain analysis paralysis kind of orientation. Um, and now I get to feel like, like, look, I, there's a lot of analytical things you do when you think about, uh, what is the opportunity? What does the market look like? What is, you know, what is our financial plan, all that stuff. But then it's like, you bring into it like the love and the 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 brand and that part of it and how do i bring this vision to life in a way that like touches and connects and and serves a real purpose in a real actual person's life um and that's uh, you know what i um what i love
0: i think what a lot of people don't realize is like exactly what you mentioned if you're in fashion or if you if you're in beauty a lot of the work is analytical and i feel like you're probably looking at out- like numbers and reports, probably about like 80% of the time. Yeah. (laughs) So it's funny that, you know, the outside perception is just, you know, the glamour and like the fun stuff. But although there is fun stuff, it is really backed by data and numbers and conversions. (laughs)
1: Oh, totally. Totally. You're like, there has to be a purpose to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what would you say was your biggest takeaway from your roles at Estee Lauder and your time, you know, investing as well as Cynthia Rowley, like combining all of those experiences together? What was your biggest takeaway that you really, you know, clung on to when you were transitioning onto building your company?
1: Yeah, I think... Maybe one of my biggest takeaway was as I would seen I had been lucky enough to seen a lot uh, see a lot of businesses, both good and bad and and from anything when you get to see a lot of different ones, you start to have that pattern recognition of like what creates a good opportunity. And so when and I can tell you the whole founding story or or idea where the idea of behind veracity came from because when I had that personal experience, and then was able to look at it from a business perspective, like they both align. And I'm like, it's not just like, I'm not just solving a problem for an, you know me, Allie Egan, but I then see how this plays in the bigger market and then how you can actually like turn it into a business. And so um, I think it's just having that, those experiences to give me that. And then also honestly, I think this is what most people should have is like, your career doesn't tell you how to do everything, but it gives you confidence. Like, Mm -hmm. especially in an entrepreneurial world, like nobody knows what to do, right? Like, yeah, that's the crazy thing. Um, but also the fun thing, like no one has created what you've created. And so it's not about, do I know how to do this, but it's about having the confidence that you'll like figure it out in the right way.
0: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I think that's a really great point. I'm really interested in you know at what point you knew it was time for you to step down from your previous role and really kind of take you know veracity and put it out into the market and start building it because I know you you know you started it during the pandemic as well so like you know all in all what was your experience in doing that
1: yeah well I guess then I'll just kind of uh, tell you the actual like where the idea came from yeah, and this I'd love had to hear. definitely been in my in my mind when I was at Cynthia rally um but uh, you know, like so actually starting when I was in business school, like so many women, something changed in my body and um, out of nowhere, it seemed like my skin started acting up and I was getting these like crazy, like dry skin that wasn't just like, oh, you're kind of winter. dry, just use a bunch of moisturizer. Like it was like very noticeable, like flaky skin and yeah. and not very attractive. And so I, at that time I had seen my dermatologist and tried to like figure out what was going on. The answer that they gave me was, you just have contact dermatitis, something's irritating your skin, mm-hmm. stop using this product, you know, then add it back, et cetera. And tried all the things that they told me to, and basically went through this process of trial and error and not really getting any solutions. Like, like so many women have yeah. um, experienced as well. And it wasn't until I was at Cynthia Rally, and I was then finally ready to start a family with my husband and we were, you know, trying to get pregnant and and not having success that I was, uh, you know, I went into a fertility clinic and got my hormones tested. And I learned that I had an issue with my thyroid, which was, I later learned ended up being really the root cause behind my infertility, as well as the direct cause of my skin issue. And personally, when I was able to like finally connect these dots, I was just, I was so frustrated because once I was able to treat the root cause, like I have never had skin problem again. And I started being like, wow, my skin your skin is a real sign of your actual health. And the fact that like I was someone who was trying to get answers, seeing a medical professional, uh, I worked in skincare, you know, I should have been the best equipped to like have these answers. And yet here I was still like struggling and not only, you know, covering up my skin problem for four years, but also like, I truly do believe that if i Known four years in advance, like I don't think I would have had to go through like the infertility journey that I ended up going through with, you know, miscarriages and IVF and the whole thing. And so quite frankly, like when, you know, there was uh, some emotional hurdles to get over in the beginning, but then when I started thinking about it from a consumer perspective, I'm like, well, it's actually not just me. There are so many women who go through this journey, whether it's skin related or broader Mm -hmm. health related of like extreme trial and error error over years and years and years, they don't feel good. They don't look good. They can't get answers. And it's like so frustrating. And I thought about like what was actually being offered in beauty and what people were talking about. And I saw that like everyone's talking about wellness, but it's just like, I call it like the take a bubble bath and wear an eye mask sort of wellness (laughs) where it's like, you know, this relaxation wellness, but like true wellness is like understanding your body and being able to help rebalance and optimize. And I was like, we can, I can create something new and, and different that actually serves a, a deeper purpose within the, you know, skincare and beauty world. And, and while I loved my job at Cynthia Raleigh, I just really felt like I could make a bigger difference than just, you know, making her feel good for wearing a beautiful outfit for one night. But like we, we say at Veracity, like our, Mission is to, um, you know, help people understand the root cause of their skin issues, good, you know, minor and major so that they can not only get better skin, but be on a a journey to better health. And I felt the ability to combine my job with a personal um, mission that I felt like was really worthwhile was just like really what pushed me over the edge and said, oh, like I have, you know, I have to go try to do this.
0: Yeah. I think that's amazing, you know, what you're doing because, and ultimately why, you know, I was so excited to chat with you today is because you often see, and you mentioned it already is when you have these health issues or skin issues, there's almost like these boxes that you have to tick before you kind of run out of, you know, options. It's like, you cut down on your products. You see a dermatologist, you get, you know, tested for thyroid, like all of these things. And I know there's been women, or there's women that are out there that have ticked all these boxes. And like you mentioned, they come at a dead end and they're like, okay, what's next? So I think yeah. that's where veracity is really disrupting the industry because I haven't seen anything like this before. So are you able to tell us more about like what someone can expect as they're going through that journey with veracity and that like the products and the actual like step by step on how everything is done?
1: Sure. So like I maybe mentioned earlier, but we're really trying to bring this like whole health approach to skincare because what hasn't worked is this like, let's treat this like symptom and try to get rid of the symptom. It's really about understanding what the root cause is and treating that both topically and, and holistically. And so, you know, Veracity was created, you know, obviously by myself, but also our team of medical experts that of course includes a dermatologist, but also includes an OBGYN, an endocrinologist, a functional medicine doctor, and a nutritionists and knew we wanted to incorporate like real information about the person in helping them get on this plan. Because what doesn't work is this, I call it like the Google default Google world of the best like blank. Right. So right now we're, as consumers, we're trained to think like, what is the best serum? What is the best thing to eat for acne? What is the best workout for toned arms, whatever. Like it's like, it's the best, but like, The reality is it's like everyone's bodies and life situations are different. And so it's not about the best, it's about what's the best for you. And so to, to figure that out, you actually have to have information about the person Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like real information. That's like, not just like, okay, what's your zip code or like, what would you say your skin problem is? Cause we, as women, like we don't need help figuring out what our symptoms are. Like if you have acne, you know, you have acne. Like if you have dry skin, you know, you have dry skin, you need to, to know why. So, uh, skin health test helps to uncover that and give you tangible steps to sort of make progress and get you know better skin and better health along the way. So practically um it's super easy process. You get shipped our test which is literally just a saliva tube that you here I'll show you. So you get shipped the test kit and uh, it's just saliva tube that you spit in in the morning and mail it back and then um, in less than 2 weeks you get a report on um, like a comprehensive report on what your actual levels are. So it's being able to see those real numbers, see how you compare to other women and what's sort of average or below average, above average. And then from that, we we zero in on like the areas that you can most, uh, you can make the most difference. So for example, if you're lowest in estrogen, we're going to focus and talk to you about how to rebalance that low estrogen, what it means for your skin, what products and ingredients driving those products will really make a difference. We always support that with the whole health side of things um, where you get specific diet supplement and lifestyle recommendations. So you kind of walk away with this whole health plan of like, this is my personalized skincare routine. Here's three things I can start adding to my diet that will help, you know, rebalance my hormone levels. Here's some things I can be doing from an exercise or sleep perspective And here's like, you know, supplements I can take that are going to help support that. And we've really seen that approach, A, produces better skin results, like, you know, in the short and long-term. And then B, just like gets people on a path to really understanding, I felt like the connectedness that like, as women, we're just like not aware of. So for example, like so many people have taken our tests and realized like, oh, low estrogen is also linked to UTIs, like you, and you're, they're like, oh goodness i've been getting utis all the time and so i think like we 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 just provide some of that personalized content information for her to connect the dots and then sometimes she goes and does other things talks to her doctor um reads more and sort of is able to understand her own body a bit better
0: yeah no i really appreciate that because even and i don't know what it what it's like in the states but you know i've had like health issues this past year and like even just getting a blood Tests like a full blood, like run down of blood tests takes a long time because like not all practitioners will just give you the full um, like requisition. It's just so many steps. And the fact that being able to do this with veracity allows, you know, to know a little bit more about your body, but also like you mentioned, is supplemented by healthcare professionals. And you have this team of people that in the real world, you would have to see separately. And that would one cost, time and money if you had or didn't have healthcare. So, you know, I think that's really great. And it really opens your eyes to how much everything's just linked to your hormones and how oftentimes doctors will per, like prescribe young girls, just birth control to get rid of acne. And it's like, that's like a completely separate <laughs> topic. I'm I sure. mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me.
1: Like I look, look, I'm like everyone else. I have been on birth control for years. Um, just how little we're told about the decisions we're making and some, we would totally make the same way, right? Like, Oh, you know, here are my pluses and minuses to getting on birth control. But as, as women were told like, here, this will help your, you know, hormonal problems. And really it doesn't help. It just covers Mm -hmm. up. And, and it's, um, we should at least be like going into these things, eyes wide open because otherwise like, you know, we're just doing ourselves a disservice and then not able to get answers. And I know with, um, you know, women around my age, which is like having children and stuff, it's it's, it's frustrating because you're dealing with things that you could have known were issues or imbalances, um, but you didn't because you were on birth control or you had something else going on. So I think hopefully you have to be almost your own advocate within both the beauty and the healthcare world. And like the more information you can know about yourself, the better decisions you can make.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think now too, a lot of, you know, men and women I would say are more educated or wanting to become more educated on their health and their skincare. So, you know, when it comes to actually educating yourself about, you know, ingredients and hormones, what I really loved about the website when I was taking a look at it was the hormone glossary. So I'd love to know more about that if you could share, you know, how to kind of navigate it, what to look for, and how it's important. It's funny what the
1: diversity and what people know about hormones or don't know about hormones. Like, of course, everyone like has heard of hormones, right? But I think people picture this like woman who's like you know on the couch in pain, like or or being a not so nice and uh, and and they go, oh, she's hormonal kind of yeah. situation. <laughs> but like, but hormones are really like your body's messengers for every important function. So your skin health, your fertility, your mental health, your metabolism, your gut health, like all of these things are controlled by hormones. So when we think about like, what can we measure in your body that tells you most accurately, like what's going on in your body right now, the answer is really hormones. And then the other thing about hormones is like, they don't just, they're not like, singular light switches that like flicking this one turns on this one light, but like it almost sets a cascade. And so, um, with the hormones glossary and just our education platform, it's called the knowledge in general. Like what we try to do is give her some information about like what the root causes of some of these things are and how everything is connected. Cause I think once you start to like, understand, you know, or hear, Oh, I was having severe cramps, but I'm also having this skin issue. And you realize it's all driven by a low progesterone level or, or whatever the case may be. It's like, it's, it's actually so empowering because then you like know what to do, or at least you, you have some steps to, to follow. And, and what we're trying to do are again, the hormones glossary, as well as the knowledge in general is It's just like, not, we can't answer every question. We're not diagnosing people, but like be her, almost like your friend who's been there before and is like really educated on something. Like if you've had a friend who's had the same, you know, experience as you and can give you like the lowdown, it just makes your process a lot shorter to get there. And so that's kind of what we're trying to provide to our customers.
0: It's interesting that you know, when you do look at how companies operated, you know, five, 10 years ago, and it was just like you mentioned earlier, simple questions about what's your, what's your skin like, like how, and these things, it's like, how do you really know what products are going to be good for you by just like a guess of if my skin's oily or dry or this. So it's really amazing to see Veracity really taking on this mission and the goal that you mentioned earlier and educating women, because I think that's the most important part is that a lot of women are looking to someone else because, you know, at some point we kind of get discouraged and we've done all the due diligence and the education that we can, but then at some point you just need someone else as a guidance and someone else to just support you in all of these steps that you're taking.
1: A hundred percent. And as women, we just also need to like, we're just trying to cut through some of the marketing, you know, BS if you would, where like skin type, every woman has been taught to like, what is your skin type? Like dry, oily, combination, normal. And like, that is a made up thing. There's no like medical (laughs) basis for skin type. And it's really just a short So, you know, companies can sort of help give you uh, confidence that you're buying the right specific product. And so, you know, we're trying like, you won't see like skin type anywhere on our website because like, it's not a thing. And that's why like your chain, your skin changes. And we all know that. Um, and so you could need different things at, at different times. So it's all about like accessible information too. Like you don't want to be so over the top where you feel like you have to like have a medical degree to like learn anything about like a certain <laughs> topic. So we're trying to bridge that gap where we can like take that, uh, real true expertise and put it into a format that like makes sense for your
0: life. Yeah, absolutely. What I also found really interesting on the website is that the hormone glossary is paired with the ingredients glossary, which it's great to see that the industry has shifted over the past few years as being a bit more transparent, including what's on their ingredients list. But I really appreciate how Veracity has included not only the list, but also a glossary of all the ingredients that you should be, you know, taking into consideration, but then also including hormone disruptors, which is new to me because I've never really known you know, prior to this conversation that there are ingredients that disrupt your hormones. So I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about that as well. Sure. So hormone disruptors
1: are everywhere and it's crazy that we don't know about them. And we're sometimes routinely putting them on our face, even in products that are marketed as clean because clean has this like uh, non-specific definition. And it's really mostly driven by like what retailers designate from brands and part of it is taking out things that really should never be in beauty products in the first place. Like triclosins and phthalates or things that are like legit, like toxic to your body. But there are also things that we're putting on our face every day. Like so many, um, even clean beauty products have known endocrine disruptors or hormone disrupting chemicals, um, like soy in them that are known to a lot of times mimic or, or increase levels of estrogen in the body. And like, then you get some other unintended consequences and our belief in veracity is like, you don't want to put anything on your face that's going to disrupt your like internal balance. And you can, you know, fix these imbalances through, you know, other uh, methods, like healthy methods, sustainable methods. Um, But especially like when you're putting things on your face, most of us just don't even have the knowledge um, about it. So we worked with this lovely woman um, who's a PhD in hormonal health. And we went through and made our own guidelines into like what we will and will not use based on actual, like both medical and chemical research about what products have hormone disrupting effects. And so, like I said, we, we, we obviously don't use and formulate any products with some of the the ones that yeah. people are familiar with, parabens, phthalates, all that stuff. But then we double clicked and went into the research ourselves. So one thing that I learned going through this whole process, this was like shocking to me, quite frankly, was azelaic acid, for example, is a, is a skincare ingredient often recommended to pregnant women because it it's, was supposed to be pregnancy safe as opposed to like salicylic acid or benzyl peroxide, which are a lot of anti-acne um, products. But there are studies that show, multiple studies that show that it actually has testosterone-suppressing effects, which are like really bad, especially if you, like I was pregnant with my son and like we're or very bad when you like could be pregnant with like a male uh, fetus. And so just, we, we just went a step further and said, okay, like let's actually do research and in these um, ingredients and decide what makes sense. And, and we're really proud of our products because we both have been able to formulate with like true efficacy. Um, and targeting the root cause of hormone imbalances at the skin surface and doing that in a safe way that's not further disrupting your hormones.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm learning so much because I think over the past few years, like you see now packaging saying no parabens, no like sulfate, et cetera. And I feel like a lot of companies are you know, almost getting away with other ingredients that now we're talking about that are actually toxins and, you know, that are actually hormone disruptors. So it's crazy that, you know, although there is somewhat of a transparency with beauty companies saying that they're clean, you know, certified, et cetera, there's still so much more that can be done and can be educated on. So I mean, I just appreciate this conversation mm-hmm. and learning so much more about it.
1: Oh, good, good. Yeah. We don't want to scare anyone. It's like not, but it's like, it's all these, it's all these little things over time, right? It's like it's like using a serum that has, a, you know, an endocrine disrupting chemical in it one time is not going to like yeah. destroy your health or destroy your skin, but it's the fact that you're doing every single day and it goes the same with like, there's so many other Hormone disrupting like things in our life, like drinking out of plastic bottles, and and um, so when we when we formulated our brand too, we were like, okay, not only the formula itself needs to be thought of as like hormone safe, but like all of our packaging is is glass or where we have to use small plastic components, everything is certified BPA free, so it is not you know it's not uh, affecting your hormones that way either, and. And then we just have some like good tips and tricks on our website too that just tell you like little things you can do that are like, don't uh, like, don't compromise your life that like will really help sort of clean it up in a big way. Like the weird one that I always like to say is, um, because it's like a kind of like, oh wow. I can't believe I was doing this is. um receipts, like when you get a receipt at like a CVS or, you know, drugstore or whatever, it comes out of like a heat um, printed thing that has a lot of BPA in it. So you're like touching this piece of paper that like most of us are throwing out away like instantly anyway. And they've shown that like if you touch receipts, like your um, estrogen levels can actually be increased up to like 30%. And so, yeah. So just like so simple. I just like, don't take receipts. I'm (laughs) like, I don't need it. I'm not, I'm going to throw it out anyway. (laughs) So just like, don't, don't even hand it to me.
0: (laughs) No, that's so funny. Cause like, there's so many things that, yeah, like you mentioned, people wouldn't actively look for it because when it's not advertised to, you don't really know where to find these studies and where to find, you know, those resources. So obviously, you know, when it comes to knowing more about this, like I'm definitely going to be linking like the glossaries from Veracity and I'm sure you provide more information on the website and on your socials, but you know, what other types of resources have you really look to as you were kind of going through this skincare and wellness journey? And, you know, are there any that you can recommend?
1: Well, there's a lot that we've gone through that I wouldn't recommend because they're like meaty to go through. For example, yeah. like, like PubMed is like a website you can go on and get like all of these medical like um, articles and journals and publications on specific ingredients. And same with, um, a lot of women who are interested in clean beauty have heard of like EWG. So it's environmental working group and they have like a database of, um, skincare, both like specific products as well as ingredients that you can look up and see what the, their toxicity or hormone disrupting levels are. Um, but again, it's like, I'm busy. I'm sure you're busy while you're interested. Like you can't spend like hours of your life, like um mulling over this stuff. And so what we're trying to do is like give you the like, okay, so now what parts of it? And like be ed- educational without being like overwhelming. Um so yeah, hopefully we're hopefully we're doing that.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. Um I'm also curious, you know, to know a little bit more about how you've transitioned your personal relationship with the skincare pre and kind of post creating veracity, you know, of course you mentioned there are ingredients that you kind of stay away from now, but when it comes to your actual skincare routine, do you find that you're, you know, paring things down a bit more when it comes to the steps or have you now kind of vetted all of your products? Like, I'd love to know just the journey that you've had pre and post creating your company and how your relationship with skincare has changed.
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, I definitely have edited my product assortment like a lot. Um, You know, there's brands that I love that I just like sadly won't use anymore Mm -hmm. just because I know more of the details of that, like what's involved or the packaging, et cetera. Um, So both my skincare as well as like whole body care, like what I use in the shower, like I tend to not use any products with fragrance in them because fragrance is one of the biggest hormone disruptors. Um and even um you have to be really careful cuz even some essential oils have hormone disrupting chemicals. So I'm like, you know what? Like you can always like put on clean fragrance afterwards and like you don't have to like have it in like in your freaking moisturizer and your body wash and your shave gel like just cut that out and just, you know, add it at the end. Um But for me, I mean, well, first of all, I'm really grateful because my, my skin is a lot better, um, you know, uh, using what I would say are effective, but also like truly clean products. But for me, it's, it's thinking about like, not necessarily even keeping my routine exactly the same all the time, because like your body changes and like, um, I'm actually expecting my second baby now. So very excited about that. Thank you. Um, but your skin is different because your body is different when you're pregnant. And so like a lifesaver of mine has been our brightening support, which is like targeted for hyperpigmentation and melasma dark spots, often is driven by higher levels of estrogen. Um, and that's definitely where I'm at right now. So like I, that is like my Holy grail product, but like, I may not be using that all the time afterwards. Um, like I, I also tend to have low progesterone, which like our regenerating infusion is really good for. Um, So like having that flexibility and knowing that like, just like you eat different things, like different times of the month or times of the year that like, you know, your skin needs different things at different times. So having that flexibility and then also thinking about beauty from a whole health perspective and being like, it's not only like what I'm putting on my face, but it's like what I'm eating and, you know, and I think about like what I'm eating in a positive way. Like we try not to say like, I think everything in, in both wellness and skincare has been like, well, if you have acne, like don't eat dairy, don't do this. And like, I like to think about it it's like, well, what, what are the positive things that you can do that are going to help? And so I just think having that mindset also just like is more fun and, and keeps you on track for, you know, skin health and overall
0: health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to need a list of your... <laughs> Skincare Rex, and I'm going (laughs) to link all of the Brassley products as well in the show notes. But um, I think that's interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of the times people do kind of forget that your skin does change with you, you know, with seasons and just where you are in your life. So, you know, I appreciate you, Allie, taking the time to just answer these questions about skincare and about your company. Before, you know, we end things off, I always love to ask two questions. The first is a pinch me moment in your career. If you have something top of mind that you can remember.
1: Um, yeah. And you shared this with me before. So I was like, Oh, that's a really good question. Um, but, uh, so, so I don't, so maybe I don't have the perfect answer, but two things came to mind. So I'll take a, a I'll cheat a little bit, but one was I was able to like raise my first round of financing to like actually produce our products. Yeah. Like Literally, like days before I had my son, like I was like like nine months pregnant, and um and that was just like such a like pinch me moment because it's like you work so hard and I mean like I see this vision, but like you also have to have people like supporting you and believing in you and allowing you know skincare is hard to start a new business because you have to produce physical products and pay for those products before someone has paid you, and so that was one moment I felt really proud of. Um, and then today, I think it's anytime like I've heard of people like hearing about veracity who, you know, from random friends or other things like, you know, it just makes me so excited because I'm like, wow, this thing that we've created, me and my team, like it's its, its own living, breathing thing. And it's not just like, you know, me in my, uh, in my living room, which is where we like basically start at the business. So those are two that came to mind.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that feeling will, will never get old as you like continue to grow the company. I think that it will always be super exciting, like seeing somebody raving about your product, trying your product. So I love both of those.
1: A hundred (laughs) percent.
0: Yeah. And then the last question is. You know, as you've kind of gone through your career taking on different roles, I know you mentioned, you know, some of your key takeaways earlier in our conversation, but, you know, now being a founder, like what advice can you give to somebody who is also an aspiring founder and aspiring to create their own company?
1: Yes, this is also a great question. I, I have two answers for this one too. <laughs> one is is be prepared for the highs and the lows because that's just inevitable. I think there's things that work out instantly and other things that take time. And so knowing that like whenever you're starting something new and creating something from scratch, there's going to be like moments of like pure joy and the moments of like sheer panic. And at least like knowing that even if you're like even the most successful, successful companies, went through that. And so just reminding yourself of that, then that, sort of roller coaster is like, there's no way of avoiding it. And so just being on for the journey. Uh, And the other thing I would say, especially for, for, for any founder today, but especially female founders is like, people care about the founding story. And like, you know, I, I've, I've gotten more vulnerable. Um, You know, I just told you my story about infertility and not even all the details, but like, that was not my nature before. Like I was more of a private person, but I think you know, people want to know why you created something, what, what, what inspires you to do what you're doing. And so you really have to be willing to like expose yourself and open yourself up. And, and for me, since I've done that, like, it's honestly given me so much more back on a personal Mm -hmm. and professional level where people like thanked me for sharing my story, have shared their story with me. And, um, and so I'm grateful that I somehow forced myself to do it, but I would say to other founders or potential founders, just, you know, be willing to put yourself out there and it'll, it'll help make it all worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love that. And, you know, I appreciate you just taking the time to share both of those pieces of advice. And I always pinch myself being so grateful to have these conversations with you and like-minded, you know, females in the industry, whether, you know, they're going through their career or they're also founders as well. So, you know, I just wanted to say thank you again for taking the time to chat and really just being so open and transparent about your journey. And, you know, I'm so looking forward to just supporting Veracity on the Sidelines and just seeing where the company grows in the future.
1: Well, well, thank you, Kyla. It's so nice to meet you and thanks for sharing our story and, um, and such good questions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.